On this episode of Trading Camp Investing Like Champions, we interview Stock Sniper, the scalp trading guru known for his daily 100% plus options returns. This episode is brought to you by Guru Guru's Trading Discord, where you can learn to invest like a champion. It's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name when last year I spent more money on spilled liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine ride, jet flying. Welcome back, everybody, to Trading Camp, Investing Like Champions. My name is Alejandro. As always, I'm here with Noah Allen tonight, my co-host, better known as Diamond Trades. How we doing, Noah? What's going on, bro? Alejandro, I'm doing great. I'm awesome to be back for another episode. Excited to get into it. Episode four, man. We're starting to move along here, starting to gain a little bit of traction. Excited to have another guest on. Tonight, we have Stock Sniper. I'm sure you guys are familiar with him. He's part of the Guru Gruden's trading discord, options trader, scalper, specializing in trades that are quick, in and out. The kid makes a lot of money. The kid also invests long term. He's doing his thing. He's going to tell us a little bit about how it is that he has mastered the markets. But before we get into that, let's talk about what we are seeing currently in the stock market. Noah, what is it that you're seeing? I know that today started out nice, in the morning, spy ripped green, finished the day red. There's a little bit of shakiness out there. Yeah, man, it's definitely still a little bit shaky. Um, as we mentioned last podcast, we had a, a pretty big sell off a couple of weeks ago, and we're still recovering that from that a little bit. We've got you know inflation fears, you know, creeping up at this point, and um, you know I think that the market is just kind of in an iffy spot right now. It, it seems like we're kind of waiting for some sort of confirmation, some good news. And with earnings season right around the corner, um, that could come sooner than later. Uh, Stock Sniper, what are you seeing, you know, as far as your trades go and, and, and what are you seeing in the markets? So when I'm looking a little bit farther out, um, coming into this holiday season, we're also looking at quarter four. Um, I think we're going to make a whole bunch of money across all of these companies. But the biggest problem that we're seeing right now is the shortages. Um, some of these smaller companies will have a harder time getting materials, getting workers than some of these larger companies. So I think that some of these large cap stocks will probably be the ones to prevail. Um, this holiday season, we're looking at just a huge demand. And the question is also going to be if the supply could meet it there. But that also means better margins for all of these consumer goods um, and other retail stocks. So a lot of the stuff that I look at, you know, I'm, I'm more into the small caps. Last week, it seemed like the main theme was oil plays. Everybody was talking about oil. We wake up today, everybody's talking about the Bitcoin plays. Small caps are running. We saw any running, Riot running, even uh, EQOS, which is a name that was traded way back in February, March, was starting to go a little bit. What do you guys think about the fact that you know people are jumping from theme to theme so quickly. To me, it seems as though there's not that same strength that we've seen in the past. It seems like people are, I don't want to say pumping and dumping, but a lot of these small cap plays, these swings aren't as strong as we'd like for them 
to be. As as far as I'm concerned, I wouldn't say that the swing market or the swing trades are panning out as well as I'd like them to at this point. Yeah, I would definitely agree that you're you're seeing you're seeing a theme shift. Um, you know, themes are shifting quicker in this type of market, and I can honestly say that you know I would bet that that has something to do with the fact that a lot of traders, I feel like when they were trading that that theme based market back in January, February. Um, a lot of them probably got a rude awakening when, you know, small caps in particular took a big hit in March. And I feel like now a lot of these plays, people are getting in, you know, seeing green, taking their profits and it's on to the next one. A lot of people, you know, who are, who have outlasted this long, you know, through throughout this, um, a lot of consolidation in small caps and a lot of inactivity over the summer. I think that those people are starting to realize that, you know, when the market's not there necessarily, you just got to take your profits and run and move on to the next one. And I think that that's what we're seeing with, you know, this rapid rotation of themes in the small caps. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I don't think, like I said, that the momentum is there. I'm just thinking about a play from today, for example, like any, how it ran 20% and typically in a market where the swings are strong, you could say. Um, so what what was any trading at today? I think traded from about seven to eight. Today. Yeah. So it closed, it, it closed at 790. So in a, in a typically strong market, you want to be shooting for what? Like a, like $10 by the end of the week. We could wake up tomorrow and that play could be completely gone and all the money's out of any, all the money's out of the Bitcoin plays. Um, so that's just where I feel the sentiment is right now, that there's really not that strength. But let's go ahead and jump into our interview, which is what the people want to hear. Stock Sniper, how you doing, bro? I'm doing pretty good tonight. How about you? I'm doing good, man. So let's talk about your background as a trader, what got you into trading as we always do when we have our interviews. So if you just want to go ahead and get started, start from the point where you started telling yourself that you wanted to trade stocks. Well, growing up, I was just always kind of surrounded by it. It was going on around me quite a lot. And it just starts off as a couple of questions is getting curious into it. And eventually, like once I started investing when I was younger, and just different companies, um, just watching money compound over time. But eventually, I noticed the spreads that these some of these stocks can make in a day, and there's quite a huge spread. So I was wondering why? What's the point in holding this over if this goes this spread today? And then I learned all about different kinds of approaches, like looking at longer positions versus scalping, and a whole bunch of different forms of trading. And eventually that just gradually turned into option contract trading. Um, from there, it's been a pretty nice ride. It's been pretty emotional. It's had its ups and downs, but I'm pretty happy it's all gone out the way it has. So how long have you been trading now? Um, about three years. That's a pretty good amount of time. I think that's around the same amount of time that uh, Gruden was telling us he's been trading in his first interview. At what point during those three years... Would you say that things started to sort of click for you? It depends on what we want to say by click. So if we looked at things like about a year and a half ago, when we're looking at early 2020, when COVID hit, I'm pretty sure that wrecked a lot of people's accounts. Um, that hit me pretty hard right there. But then when I'm seeing everything like sitting at these lows, I just ended up adding a whole bunch of longer term investments. Um But from there, like I've learned quite a few expensive lessons, but I'd say that like probably quarter four of last year, quarter three of last year, coming into this year, everything started to like come together and I'm starting to execute a lot better. 
So I know that you mentioned that you had, you know, a couple of years of experience. And I know that, um, you know, at least for me, and I, I know that I'm, I could say the same for a lot of people is that they get into the market through stocks, maybe through penny stocks or whatever it may be. Um, and then, you know, it's a while before they, they run into options and, you know, really begin to check it out and see, um, you know, what it can do for them, what it can do for their portfolio. Um, I guess what was the turning point for you where you really started to focus on an op, an option centric, um, trading style? Well, I was actually just trading large amounts of the same, like industrials, techs, um, just a large amount of shares and, I was day trading through them, but it was a lot lower of a risk. And so that way, if I was wrong, like the next day, I would not be, be that big of a deal compared to just having contracts completely lose their value. So after doing that for a little while, I, I eventually realized like, wow, um, with, with this accuracy and I'm looking at these contract spreads and contract gains, and I could be doing the same exact thing, but doing it like a, literally a hundred times better for every contract as opposed to a share of something. Um, and then that eventually just taught me the difference between owning things versus buying them. And just quite a few different like situations where you play a stock a certain kind of way. Can you elaborate on that for me a little bit, that owning versus buying? I feel like that's a really good point. Yeah, well, some of the things, like, what do I want to own? I want to own companies that I see an increase in revenue. I see an increase in profit. It looks like they have a place in the modern economy. The company just seems to be adapting and they're an innovative company. I want to see them making a lot more new products, just making new things, switching things up. Or if they are having problems, which any of these large companies will have problems, that they're adapting to these problems and they're surviving in this modern economy. Because this year, everything is completely different. There's no history to base off and there's not really much evidence. So, I mean, we've just had that kind of uncertainty going through this year. and. I mean, the market still is a little undecided as of right now, but I think that we're probably going to see a strong quarter four and it, we're going to get close to that full recovery. So when you made that transitions, the transition to becoming an options trader, and you said that you had some pretty expensive lessons, we like to talk about market tuition and how when you're first starting off as a trader, you're bound to have losses, sometimes huge losses. When you first started trading options, did you see some of those major losses? Yeah, I saw some major losses, actually. Quite a few, like, minus 100%. Um, so this was back then. I did like I didn't have all these people helping me out like in this Discord, and I was kind of learning a lot of things from trial and error. Um, I did eventually talk to a couple of people, and they really helped me out and taught me a couple of things. Um, I spent a lot of time watching things online and reading a lot, just a lot of reading. but. Um, I'd say that like some of these, like I, I was looking for the million dollar trade for a little while. That's the best way to put it. And I'm just looking for something that's going to make me rich overnight. And I realized that that's not going to happen. The way that you're going to really make money from this is just from consistently winning every day. So would you recommend looking back at when you were going through that stage where you were having those large losses? Do you sort of wish that you maybe would have paper traded? I wish I paper traded, but I just had it also, I had a fear of missing out at the time, which was one of the biggest things I had to overcome. And eventually, once I realized, once you can overcome this, which is one of the biggest problems among all traders, um, at that, along with this million dollar trade concept, then things really started to click. So let's talk about your scalp strategy, because in the Discord, 
this is mainly what you're doing. So every day, if you guys aren't in the Discord, you can find the link in the description of this podcast. But Stock Sniper um, is one of our best scalp traders. And we know that you're in and out of trades um, in extremely short timeframes. So if you just want to walk us through what it is that you're looking for before you're entering a trade, um, how you manage your risk, and how you are able to take profits. Well, there's a lot of things that I look in when I'm entering into a trade, but we're talking about scalping, so we're looking at a short time frame. So I'm going to want to see how the stock has behaved throughout the day. Um, when I see it inside of this certain range, I want to see how it has previously acted. The stock might have crossed this price maybe two or three times throughout the day, um, or it could be the first or second time. But what I'm doing is I'm charting the high for the last 10 minutes, and I'm charting the low for the last 10 minutes. Um, I'm going to want to see a couple of minutes of consolidation inside of these levels. And I'm going to want to calculate like a range of where this stock price is in this high and low for the last 10 minutes. So if I'm seeing it sitting around 35% or so, 25%, and the stock has about a solid five, six minutes of consolidation, and we're talking about like um, a decently moving share, but nothing that's going to go crazy. We're not talking some crazy volumes. I'm going to look to add right there and because I see around this range, it does have room to go without having to break resistance. I'm generally going to select an out-of-the-money call on most of these. I'm just looking for a change in premium when we see it get a little bit closer. We also sometimes do watch for the open interest and implied volatility. If we can see these numbers starting to spike, then that could also influence us to hold these a little bit longer. Right. So I, one of the one of the I guess primary points that you touched on is, you know, identifying the range that the stock is in. And when you say, you know, it's at this 25, 35% level of your range, you're talking off of your support, 25% off of your support. So now you have 75% or so of the range to, to go. So you think that you have enough room to the upside to take a call? Yes, exactly. And I mean, going into these scalps, it is crucial that you enter with a plan. You have to have a, a target or an idea of where you want to see this go to within what time frame you have. Now, your odds of your everything going exactly how it plans and it being instantly green and not going red at any point in the entire trade, it's very low of you actually doing that. Um, so you're going to want to try to get into it at like relatively nice entry point. I don't mind paying a little bit higher in premium if I could see a little bit more consolidation on these levels just so I'm more convinced that it's not going to break support within a minute or two. Um, but once I see this, I'm probably like I'll set a target. I'm, I'm Most of the time, depending on the price action of the contract, I might not even look for it to break the resistance level I have. I might look to exit half of my position when I'm closer towards this level. I'm probably in that like 85% range. And it depends on how fast it got there, obviously and a couple of other factors but i'm going to want to try to get out of it in the time frame that i enter in and if i get it there i'll exit half of it and then i'll raise my stop up probably close to my entry maybe a little bit above it depending on how far away in the price action of the contract and this will ensure that i win on all of the contracts that i bought that's honestly a great strategy and i could appreciate that because you know, one of the things that we touch on in the Discord so much is not letting your green trades turn red, right? And having Gruden on last week, that's one of the that's one of the primary things that we hit on um, in terms of your risk management is, you know, once you've got a trade that turns green, 
I like to say 20% because I use a 20% stop loss on the downside. But um, whenever I see a trade that I'm in go 10, 20%, I'm 99% of the time I'm moving that stop loss up to my entry just because you don't want to have this trade flip on you, turn red, and now you're questioning whether your initial, uh, initial thesis still holds. You're questioning you know, whether or not you should have taken profits is at the highest that the contracts are going to go on the day. It just kind of messes up your mentality about the trade. And I feel like putting that stop loss at your entry once you've got a decent gain is a great way to kind of secure A, your profits, and B, protect your downside. Um, so we always advocate for that in the Discord. Yeah, exactly. That actually influences a lot of emotional trading from what I see. Um, I've, I think that's probably the most frustrating loss ever is when you saw that you could have collected the profits and it did go fall for a loss and you realized the loss. That is probably the most frustrating way that I ever could lose contracts. Tell us a little bit how you, about how you developed your trading strategy. You know, it's really impressive and it seems like this is a constant work in progress. A lot of it came from a couple of different things. Um, just from talking to a whole bunch of people, picking up a thing here and there from a couple of different traders, most of it came from trial and error. And when I'm just watching over 10 minutes and I'm seeing the high low on some of these stocks, it's some incredible spreads. And I've noticed that you can just make quite a lot of return in less than 10 minutes on these trades. And that's just what I've overall tried to capitalize on. It, it seems like any strategy that's really worthwhile is just going to be you know, you're just constantly developing it. And I think that that's something that newer traders can kind of, some advice that they could take, you know, like even somebody with a hit rate above 90% like you is constantly working on a strategy, constantly trying to get better, constantly trying to improve. And, um, you know, that's really what the life of a trader looks like. You know, you're never really there. You're constantly um, working on your craft. So it's great to hear. Exactly. And no matter how like successful you could be or how much you think you know, um, you just kind of sometimes have to look back at it and realize you don't really know that much. There's so much information out there and so much data out there. It, you could go on for hours and hours. People dedicate their lives to this and they're still learning and they've been doing this forever. There's just so much information about this particular industry out there. So let's talk about how overall market direction affects your trading. I know you trade to both the bull and the bear side. What is it that you look for at the beginning of the day? Are you looking at the um, indices, SPY, the Qs, IWM, and kind of seeing which direction the market is going to take on each day? And is that affecting how you are able to you know, alter your mindset um, going into a trading day? So in the beginning of the trading day, I want to I want to try to identify what the trend of the market is in the morning. Um, you want to find out where the money is because every single day it's a new story. Um, there's a new talk of the town every single day. And what was popular yesterday could not be popular anymore today. And it could not be popular tomorrow. Um, things are just going pretty quick right now. And that's also a big trend of this year. But you want to try to identify in the morning if we're seeing like a bullish market, if it appears to be bearish, or if we're looking like it might be a choppy day, there's not really any kind of true indicator that will tell us for sure what's going to happen. Um, nothing's ever guaranteed. And everything that we can look at is all just based off of news and fundamentals and just history of stock price. 
um that's all that we really have and we have to like really utilize these resources sometimes because that's other than that it's just gambling and we gotta like try to put every like put the odds in our favor by grabbing every edge we can and if we can identify that like in the morning we're seeing um let's just say it's been monday tuesday wednesday we've seen stocks fail to retest the high um gruden actually identified this one that i'm talking about um we see them like later on run back up but we're noticing that later in the afternoon they're failing to retest a new high so we're we're honestly going to try to follow that trend if we're seeing it's looking pretty nice depending on how long that trend has been proven and how effective it's shown it's been um that would influence the execution on it but that's just one of the main strategies right there for um the overall market trajectory we want to know or identify if it's a bullish day a bearish day or a choppy day as early as possible so in taking a look at your watch list um, i typically see around 20 names or so um, for those of you that don't know sniper posts these on his twitter every single day uh, before market open and i'm noticing that you trade a lot of the same names so kind of going along with um, the fact of you being able to identify trends early in the day, have you also, and I'm assuming the answer is yes, been able to identify um, you know, the personalities of these stocks because you've traded them over and over and over and you've kind of begun to understand which stocks like to break out, um, the typical ranges that these stocks like to trade in, things of that sort? Just from playing certain stocks over and over again and watching the behavior of these inconsistency and seeing how it's behaved at this certain price or on this certain level or certain range or after it's broken this level um you can start to eventually notice uh, some kind of stock trends sometimes it doesn't always follow how it plans which it happens a lot we get faked out quite often um but we want to just watch and just try to learn these general behaviors of these stocks and we could tell if they're trading pretty high in their range, low in their range. Um, we keep up with some of the news. I, I have probably about five or six stocks that I watch from day to day. Uh, most of them are the large caps, some big tech. Um, but every single day, there's just things that can influence these stocks. And we want to just always be kept up with them. So what does your trading setup look like if you're watching all these stocks? So I like to use a four screen setup. Um, I have one computer that's explicitly on the brokerage and no matter what, it does not click away from there. And it's because I want to be able to execute my orders quickly. I have one computer that has charting. It can have up to four charts on there. Um, I like to use discord on my phone and I like to have CNBC on the TV in the background. And let's talk about your charts a little bit more specifically. What indicators do you like to use? My indicators are a bit untraditional compared to how I see most traders. Um, for I'm talking about my scalping, which it seems to be the most interesting of like with the trading that I do. Um, I just like these high and low ranges. I watch volume by the minute. Um, I like I think that if you have a lot going on on your screen, sometimes you, it can slow you down a little bit from making some of these decisions. Now, with a lot more of these indicators, we can learn a lot more about these stocks. So if I'm looking at something a little bit farther out, then I'm probably going to watch VWAP. I'm going to watch a couple of other things. But if I'm looking at this as something for a 10-minute position, 
Um, I just want to look at my volume by the minute and see that it's remaining constant. I want to get my range of where this stock is trading at in the last 10 minutes. I want to see how much, how long it's been consolidated on that level for. And I want to like just generally get a idea or perspective to see if it's producing a bullish trend, a bearish trend. Um, I do this often by looking at the lows of the minute. I want to see the previous low. The previous minutes have higher lows as opposed to seeing higher highs. Um, sometimes it we see both of them, but that just helps me identify more so if we're seeing a bullish or bearish trend. Um, and we also look for these small reversal candles if it's been respecting its levels for a little while. But there's just quite a few different indicators. Um, most of them just come up in the situation and you know it when you see it. For sure. I definitely agree with... Um... You know, when you have too many indicators on your screen, like you like you said, it'll slow you down. Like, I feel like that's sometimes um, that um, analysis paralysis. Like, you just you see so many things at once that it's like, well, you know, I see it bouncing off my EMAs, so that's bullish. But I have some resistance above it, so that's a little bearish. Or you know, maybe volumes coming out at the same time. So like, you have two or three different things that are like you're trying to contend with, as opposed to your style is just I'm looking at one thing. If this happens, that's my trigger and I'm in. Um, I feel like it's a much cleaner way to trade and probably a lot better for the beginners who don't want to you know, get overwhelmed. It's very easy to get overwhelmed when you're first starting out. Can you kind of touch on, I know you talked about your your range plays and, and stuff like that. Like, Is there really any other triggers that you're using maybe for even longer term plays um, that you take aside from your triggers? Um, it's a whole different story when I'm looking at these longer trades. If I'm looking to hold it for a little while and I'm going to let it ride, um, I'm mostly concerned about just the trend of the stock, where it's going. Um, before I enter anything that is a swing position or a longer one, you want to go through this checklist. Well, this is before you enter anything at all, but you want to go through this basic checklist to make sure there's no bad news going on about the stock. You want to check um, their earnings. You want to check if it's a profitable company, if they're doing good. You want to see... If they're probably if it looks like they're making money in this quarter, or they have odds of going up. You want to check if they have earnings coming in the time that your contract or trading time frame is. Um, there's just a whole a, a little checklist that I go through. I'll I'll write out a PDF to put that one out there. Um, generally, though, the longer terms, uh, I see long contracts as a higher risk. I think swinging contracts can generate one of the highest returns in option trading. But I also just see one of the highest risks. I, I like to scalp some and swing some, but I do also like to let them ride out for a little while. Um, the longer you hold these things, if I'm holding it like intraday of four hours or so, I can see these th some of these contracts run a couple hundred percent. And you don't want to miss out on that, but you want to make sure you solidify your gains. So if this was a scalp like earlier in the day, um, I'm probably going to collect half of it or let it play for free. Or just ensure that I know that I will not lose on this. So that way, if I'm looking at something else or if it's just not at my direct attention and it falls down, I will be stopped out at this price where I still went on the other 50 or I'll break even. Um, it all just depends on the price actions of the contracts. Um, some some of these like more expensive ones have higher premiums, obviously. If we're looking at lower ones, we're looking with lower premiums and we want to just make sure we don't have stops too tight. To where they could just move down a couple cents and stop us out. Anything else that you're 
like to look at long term. I know that last time we spoke, you touched on um, some crypto that you'd like to dabble in. You know, what are what are some of your long term, um, I guess, more diversified from from large cap equities? What other kind of asset uh, classes are you interested in, you know, investing all these profits that you're making in long term? Most of what I like I get in these option capital gains, um, I'm turning them into longer term shares and equities, just uh, mostly shares in profitable companies, things that I could see being worth a lot more than where they're at within the five year time span or within several years. Um, just like my scalps, um, you have to enter these long, long-term positions with the plan. I don't ever buy things to just buy it. Um, I do have quite a bit of crypto actually as well. Um, I'm in Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, ADA, XLM, um, just those coins right there. I don't really like trading crypto. I do see that there is a lot of money to be made there, but it's just really not for me. I, I do like the concept of cryptocurrency. I do see a future and I do think that it definitely has a spot in this as an asset class in our modern economy. Um, I think it just hasn't completely settled into that spot of where it belongs and got in. It could be worth quite a bit more. It could be worth a little bit less. Um, but crypto definitely does have a place in the economy. So we're going to start to wrap things up here. Stocks time, but thank you for joining us, bro. Um, before we wrap this up. I want you to tell the new trader, the beginner trader, what it is that they should be doing at this point in their careers to become better traders and to get to your level. What are some recommendations that you may have? I would say always avoid the fear of missing out. That's one of the biggest tra- like mistakes I see in trading, especially with options. Um, chasing contracts that could be farther after entry or where if you had this set in your head, I want to get this at this set price. And let's see, it moves up about 8% in your face, which with my scalping strategy, you're going to see a lot of stocks blow up in your face. Um, it comes down to just where you have to make a decision sometimes within 15, 20 seconds, um, sometimes not even that long. And you'll see things move and you just got to be disciplined and not chasing into those. Um, you also have to definitely not let emotions affect trading um i hear a lot of rules about like if you make this much you're done for the day or having daily goals that is definitely like a good plan to have a daily goal or just a mindset but i don't believe in necessarily hopping off after you hit your daily goal or hopping off after you lost a certain amount um i think that everything no 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 trades from the past influence your future decisions except the reason they say to do that is just because to avoid emotional trading so if you can trade with discipline you could trade with discipline for longer um just have a set of rules and stick to them and stick to the plan that's the main thing with option trading what are some specific tools that have helped you in your trading for example news sources um other trainers that you've learned from educational sites or even videos that you would recommend that beginner traders take a look at? There's so much information out there. I like CNBC personally as the best source of news. Um, Bloomberg is pretty good. Um, Wall Street Journal is pretty good as well. Uh, it all depends really on what you're trying to do um, and what you really want to learn. But there's so much information out there on YouTube and it's good to just know all of your terms. If I ever didn't know a term that I read, but let's just say if I didn't understand what a bull flag was, I would look it up online. 
Um, I would read about it. I would watch a YouTube video on it. There's so much information out there, and someone's definitely made a video about every question you could possibly have. And there's definitely articles out there about every question you could possibly have. You want to just always check out a couple of them and make sure you're getting a reliable source and you're getting accurate information. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You know, that's one of the first pieces of advice I got from, you know, one of my uncles who works in the market was, look, anytime that you hear something, see something that you don't understand, it is on you to go and, and find that information so that the next time you hear it, you'll understand what people are talking about. You really do have to take that initiative when you're early on to, you know, start to learn a lot of these things that, that you're hearing over and over and over again, like, what does VWAP actually mean? What does uh, moving average actually entail? You know, I have people in the Discord asking me what, you know, what does CNP stand for after, you know, we're, we're making, um, we're making calls on a call or a put. Um, and, you know, like everybody has to start somewhere. And I think that that's, you know, one of the beauties of our Discord is that, you know, anybody from any, you know, walk of their trading journey can kind of come in and, get, you know, some helpful resources that'll help them take their trading to the next stage. But yeah, I think that that's crucial. You got to take it upon yourself to really learn as much as possible, especially when you're a newer trader, that's only going to lower the amount of time that it takes you to learn the craft. In my, in my trading career, there's been a few times where times have gotten rough. Um, things just don't look good. Um, you got to just keep your head up and just know that if you're, doing something like got to figure out if you're doing something what's what are you doing wrong you have to figure out what why every single trade went red that you had that go red it's like an airplane company if an airplane crashes they're they're going to figure out what made that airplane crash they're not just going to let that go left alone and you have to look at your stock portfolio the same exact way um but times could get tough things could get hard but you have to keep your head up and stick to your set of rules Awesome, man. It's awesome. Tonight. But again, we really appreciate you coming on. This was a ton of good information. Really quickly, where can people find you? Um, you can follow me on Twitter um, at stock underscore Snipa. S-N-I-P-A with the A. I post on my Twitter every single day. I got my watch list, my recaps. I try to get back to everybody in the same day. Um, I often am on Discord also as well every day. And Guru Guru's trading Discord. Thank you, bro. We really appreciate this, and I'm I'm sure the people are going to love this a lot. Noah, thank you again for joining me for another awesome episode. Um, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Take care, everybody. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It is very important to do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find in our podcast and wish to rely upon, whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise.